Hey man, welcome back to the Super Divorce Supercast. Welcome. Nicholas Villars here, aka Super Divorce, and today you are joining me and I'm joining you for episode 112 of the Supercast. Hope you're doing quite well out there on this July 31st, 2023, the final day of July this year, which means... In my opinion, we're uh, we're just about done with summer. I hate to say it. Well, I don't really hate to say it. I, I'm always looking forward to fall time. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, kind of. Fall times, well, I don't know, damn it. Because I really love the Christmas season as well. It's kind of like... Fall time for me begins the kickoff to this snowball that ends on January 1st, you know, of of the following year, of the coming year, whatever you want to call it, because you get fall time, you get the leaves changing, you get Halloween, you get haunted houses, you get scary movies, you get all that kind of shit, you get the Halloween candy and then, then that kicks you right into Thanksgiving, and, and that's fun to see friends and family. Thanksgiving, November is kind of like a, it takes a little bit of a dip. There's a little bit of a, a somber feeling at the beginning of November because, you know, Halloween's all done until the next year. But you do know Christmas is right around the corner. And I'm not one of these people who, who whines and cries that it's going to be Christmas time. I'm not one of these people who goes out and starts bitching on Twitter and, and such about, oh God, they're already playing the Christmas music. Like, I don't care. I like that. I like both. I feel like it's kind of a, it's kind of a rarity these days to find someone who's really into Halloween and Christmas. People these days seem to have split into two different factions where you got to you got to be the type of person who's all in on Halloween or you got to be all in on Christmas. I'm all in on both. And that's what I'm saying as the uh, as things gear up and you start moving towards fall time that it just kicks off this season of of nonstop celebration and fun. But I do admit things take uh, a bit of a dip in November. Because you've you've just gotten over all the excitement, the build-up. Halloween happens, then it's over. Now you kind of uh, you you kind of in a way you step back to um, what it's like when you first start moving towards the Halloween season. I would say that's right where we are right now. In August. Well, we've got one day left of. Uh, of uh, July right here but once we get to August you're gonna start seeing Halloween stuff popping up at the stores you're gonna start seeing the decorations it's gonna it's gonna start building up more and more and more and it's it's kinda the same deal that happens at the beginning of November in fact you might see it at the end of October which I am not a fan of I, uh, I, I, I I'm all in I am all for giving Halloween, the slow build 
through August and September and really hitting its stride in October. I'm all for that. There's nothing going on right now. In August, there's really nothing going on where Halloween decorations is going to step on any other holiday's toes. So if you give October, September, and August to Halloween, I don't think that's a problem. When you start impeding on the Halloween season with Christmas decorations, I do have a problem with that. I don't like that. Because I don't, uh, I, I don't want to leave the Halloween season before we have to. So I would prefer all that stuff stay in the back, keep it locked up, keep it ready, but keep it locked up until November 1st. Then you can have the massive teardown of all the Halloween shit. You can put on the clearance rack and then you can move in the Christmas decor and the Christmas mirth and all the uh, celebratory effects that go with Christmas. I don't think Christmas should get three months because if you're going to give it a third month, that's October. That's Halloween's time. Why does Halloween get three months? Because there's nothing going on in August except the wind down to summer. Sorry, if that offends you as a Christmas person, a Christmas diehard, well, let me tell you something. I love Christmas too. I already said it. It's not about me liking one more than the other. It's just that Halloween gets more time because August has nothing else happening and people are looking forward to to the uh, the kickoff to that that nonstop excitement that's going to take place from fall time through the end of the year, and then of course, once January first hits, then then you're you're really bumming hard. That's tough. I mean, it's it's yeah you know, okay. You got a new year ahead of you. People are doing their their fucking whatever you call it, it's the, uh, the resolutions. Everyone does the resolutions. Everyone goes to the gym for a week. Everyone eats healthy for a week, and then they, they fuck it off, and they make jokes about it, and it's really not a joking matter. It's really not so funny. You shouldn't set uh, resolutions, and you, you shouldn't uh, set agreements with yourself that you have no intention of keeping. It teaches you not to trust yourself, and that's not good. Don't make shitty-ass, half-ass resolutions if you're not going to keep them. Don't do it. And then if you don't, especially if you don't, don't joke about it. That's not funny. Get back on the fucking horse and do what you said you were going to do. How about that? Like I said, this podcast was going to come out today, last week. I, I said, I'm sorry for getting it late. I need to hit Mondays. It's coming out on Monday this time. Anyway... Um, we're winding down summertime. A, it's coming to a close. You're going to have to get in your swimming, your sunbathing, um, running with no shirt on outdoors. If you're a male, I suppose you can do that if you're a female in certain areas. I, I think they've, I think they've okayed that in some spots. I think that's now okay for ladies to run topless in certain areas. You're going to have to check with your local officials to find out uh, whether or not that's kosher 
I can tell you <laughs> if it's uh, if it is kosher, um, you know, there's uh, there's going to be uh, maybe a bit of fanfare for you if you're out there as a lady. Hey, man. Hey, people aren't used to seeing that. Even if it is on the books that you're allowed, it's not so common. Even in the places where they have said, ladies, you can run topless. I guarantee you that the people, uh, probably most of the uh, the board members in those areas and the legislators were probably, uh, probably uh, guys who were uh, looking forward to hitting the local racetracks and the running trails. Maybe just popping a squat on a bench. They said, yep, we'll decriminalize the uh, topless women running. Sure. And I found a new favorite spot to hang out after work. The bench at the local women's running track. That's where those guys are going. Be careful. Some of them, you know, they might not be on the up and up. Uh, I think in my area, you're probably not allowed to run topless as a female. I don't think that's allowed here. I've never seen it. Though, you know, I can't imagine if you're, if you're uh, a large-breasted female, I can't imagine you'd want to run topless. I think it would be too much bouncing. It would be the equivalent of, of a male running with no pants or underwear on. There's too much loose accoutrement happening there. You want things, anything on your body, hair, you don't want things flopping around everywhere. That's why when I run, my hair gets pulled back. I pull my hair back in either a ponytail or a man bun. Um, because otherwise the hair is all in your face and, and that kind of stuff. Again, if I were allowed to run in the nude, if it were okay, if it were decriminalized, if we had a, uh, a board of uh, very horny women running the show here in Mason, and they said, you know what? We're going to decriminalize men running nude at the local running tracks and on the running trails. Guys... You can get out, feel free, no pressure, but feel free the next time you go running to go ahead and come out nude. I think most of us would probably still go out with at least a pair of tidy whities or a Speedo or something of that nature to keep all of the, the possible flopping bits contained in one nice package. You want it bound up there. You don't want... Even, uh, wow, just think of this. Some guys, I, I've never understood the boxer shorts. I don't understand boxer shorts. I don't like, it's just, I've had boxer shorts at uh, various intervals in my life. Tried them here and there. It, it's. Just, I, I think they're awful. They get all bunched up. And especially if you're doing something athletic, going back to that problem, there's, there's too much movement. Things need to be nicely contained. And that's what I was saying. Women out there 
who look at men running. If your area has not decriminalized uh, topless running for women, you might look at the guys running by without a shirt on and be like, oh, fucking patriarchy strikes again. But ask yourself, would you really run topless even if you were allowed? Would you want to do that with, with the bouncing and, and the flopping and the swaying and the knocking? They call them knockers for a reason. You run down the street naked, they're going to be knocking into each other. So I would say don't worry about the patriarchy on that one. Just like I'm not worried about the matriarchy taking away my ability to run uh, nude from the waist down. Because even if they said I was allowed, I wouldn't do it. It's not comfortable. This region needs contained the way this region needs contained on a female. I'm pointing to my breasts. I'm grasping my breasts if you're not watching on camera. Uh, what you can do, if you're listening right now, please be aware that you can head over to youtube.com superdivorce and you can go ahead and watch this podcast in video format if you would like to so you can see me gesturing and such like I was just doing I have to remember sometimes not everyone's watching this on YouTube that's why I have to explain what my hands are doing uh, anyhow anyhow that's why I was just I was bringing that up to say get your running in your outdoors running with as much skin exposed as you are allowed to expose or as you would like to expose because Maybe you're allowed to expose more than you want to expose. Whatever. It's up to you. Whatever you feel comfortable exposing to the sun, you best get that in now. Because soon, you're going to be bundling up a little bit. Not full-fledged bundle. That's not going to happen until probably mid to late October. If we have a really warm October, then maybe into November when you're going to start wanting that that winter stuff but for right now you've still have you've still got the opportunity to get out there in your summer attire and enjoy the weather so do that take full advantage of it don't take the summer for granted just because you're really looking forward to the fall time I've gotten plenty of Sun recently I've been out and about uh, I've done Probably, um, probably had more uh, more time like in the pool and such this summer than I have in quite a while. So that's been nice. I've been trying to make it a point to do that. Again, it can be easy if you're really excited for fall time to to want to fast forward through August. But again, just just try to take it in stride. Just try to enjoy the the last vestiges of the summertime while you can now I wanted to speak a little bit about my approach to YouTube this uh, occurred to me when I was thinking about ideas for the channel things to do new fresh types of content possibly opening up memberships at some point soon because that can be very beneficial not only to me, not only to the content creator, but also to the subscribers and, and potential channel members. 
I am a member of a couple channels and I like the exclusivity of it. I like the, the perks you get. It's neat. I, th I feel like it's, it's something you can offer your diehards. Make things feel a little bit more close-knit. And like they're, they're getting a little something extra. Of course, yes. You, you pay for a membership. I'm not going to be charging 25 30 bucks a month. I'm thinking, you know, maybe we have a $1 tier and a $5 tier. Some shit like that. And uh, possibly sending out some sort of some sort of knickknack for people who sub at the five dollar tier. You get some sort of super divorce monthly knickknack, a button, a pin, a sticker, maybe a sticker pin combination, like a new design every month, something like that. And perhaps like a weekly members only live stream. I thought it would be cool if you sub for a year, maybe you get a special year anniversary t-shirt. I'm trying to think of different ideas. If you if you got anything, let me know in the comments below. If you'd be interested in doing that at all, let me know. If you think it's dumb, or you're like, hell no, I'm not giving you any of my money, then you can let me know that too. But maybe there's a couple, handful of you, two, three, four, who would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll toss you five bucks a month. Let me know. And then we'll we'll get to work on it. I've been thinking that through for a while, but you know, I just wanted to get kind of the core content firing on all cylinders and get things rolling along here. And I feel like I've hit a pretty good stride recently. And I like to keep that going, not only keep it going, but keep adding to it. You see, a lot of gurus out there, they're saying, well, if you do a podcast, make a separate channel for your podcast. And if you play music, make a separate channel for your music. And if you play video games, do a separate channel for your games. And some even say if you do live streams, make a separate channel for your live streams. And I'm like, stop. Stop it. That's not what we're doing here. I'm not going to do that, okay? I'm not, and, and maybe it works for some people. I'm not saying I know better. I'm just saying I'm not doing that. As far as my YouTube channel goes, I like the variety in it. And I follow several channels who run things that way, and I like that about them. I like that I don't have to sub to their podcast, and then also their clips channel, and then also their interview channel, and then also their live stream channel. That's too much. Call me old-fashioned, but I kind of don't give a single spiraling shit about the algorithm here. I'm trying to defeat the algorithm. That's why I always talk about coming by the channel, checking out the channel for yourself, and when it comes to live streams, I've tried to schedule those in advance. I'm, I'm trying to let people know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 10.30 p.m., stop by the channel, that's when I live stream. And then it's a surprise on the weekends. Sometimes I will, sometimes I won't, but the Tuesdays and Thursdays are locked in place. That way, we don't have to rely on YouTube's shitty-ass notification system to maybe or maybe not give you a notification. If you're a fan of this channel, if you like hanging out here, you just know, come by the channel, 10.30 p.m., Tuesdays and Thursdays, and there's going to be a live stream happening. And you can book it that way. And then you don't have to wonder, oh, I haven't gotten a notification 
I wonder if Super Divorce is streaming. We're getting around that. I'm trying to I'm trying to distance myself from having to rely on the YouTube algorithm system. And I'm just doing my thing. Podcast, gameplay videos, live streams, there's going to be music happening again soon, and I like the fact that it's all here. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not, if you're listening somewhere else, just know that's what I'm talking about. YouTube.com slash superdivorce. That's kind of the hub where things are centrally located right now. Eventually, I'd like to move them off onto my own website and have that as uh, like a backup, sort of an arc. I know that people aren't going to visit that probably in the numbers they would visit the YouTube channel. But having that option is kind of cool having that all all the same content somewhere else off site in case something catastrophic happened and YouTube decided to delete my channel for whatever reason they've done that to people and if you're not large enough if you're not a large enough channel and you can't make enough noise they just won't even respond to you so I don't want to find myself in that spot that's why I'm thinking beyond YouTube. It's kind of where things are located right now, but I've got an eye to the future. And I would like to move beyond butt cheeks, if you will. So anyhow, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to ride all these different waves of, of various other creators. I look at what's going on. I pay attention. But I'm not trying to be uh, a Mr. Beast clone. That's something that he criticized recently. I did see that. He was talking about, Mr. Beast was being interviewed, and he was talking about how he has given so many tips for free to other YouTubers and how he's broken down his approach to YouTube and, and the things that he does to be successful. And he's like, you know, I was hoping people would take these ideas and use them in their own way. And he's like, what I've seen is a lot of Mr. Beast clones popping up. Say what you will about my channel. I'm, I'm no Mr. Beast clone. I'm not trying to be. People have talked about the way that content creation and digestion has been modified and has evolved over the past several years especially. So many people want these chop, 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 a, a cut and edit a fucking zinger every two seconds and I don't you probably notice I don't do that I'll throw in some little flourishes here and there um, but I'm just not interested in making my shit look exactly the same as everyone else and it's not really the pace that I operate at in life I like to shoot the shit I like the fact that you're gonna hear me or see me pause from time to time I'm not editing every breath out of my videos. I don't watch many editor, many YouTubers or content creators who work that way themselves. Some of them wildly successful. You don't have to do that. You don't have to operate at that speed and deliver your videos at that cadence to gain a following or to do well. You just I think you just have to be genuine. You have to be yourself and maybe that takes more time obviously it has for me because here I am and I'm not uh, you know 
I'm not setting the world on fire or anything, but I feel like I'm happy with what I'm doing and I do have I do have it in mind to continue improving and trying new things. It's not like I've just found all right, this is what I'm doing now and I'm comfortable get used to it. I uh, you know, I I I'm open to listening to ideas from the people who watch this channel from the people who would like to see me do, do certain things, request certain games or certain styles of videos. I'm open to all that. I mean, ultimately, that's why I'm here is to entertain people. It's fun, but if it was literally just for me, then I would never bother uploading anything at all. I could just sit here and record videos of myself and then watch them back without ever uploading them to the internet. Anyone who uploads any sort of content to the internet is obviously interested in sharing it with people. And that's why I think that it's it's always struck me as a little disingenuous when I've heard creators, musicians, movie stars, painters, anyone who creates something and then puts it out into the public sphere and then says, well, I do it just for me. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit you do. If you did it just for you, you'd never bother sharing it with anyone else. There'd be no reason to because you'd already be completely fulfilled with the act of creation and sharing it, why would you bother? If it's 100%, even if it's 99% you, if you share it with the world and you put it out there, you care at least 1%, at least what other people say about it or or whether other people are going to get entertainment from it. You're trying to help other people have a good time. Something. Some part of you cares about the sharing if you do share. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. So for YouTubers or uh, singers, songwriters, whatever, to say they don't care at all about what the audience thinks that's that's a silly thing to say and if they actually did somehow live that out I think they're only shooting themselves in the foot if you're not willing to at least listen to the people who are supporting you then you do that over a long enough period of time I don't think you'll have anyone left who is supporting you that doesn't mean that you have to let your viewers your fans dictate your content 100% but you should you should be willing to listen to them because oftentimes those people will have good ideas for you and they can help you improve even if it's a criticism it might be something that you've not thought about and you can go oh well yeah they make a good point maybe I can tweak this or that and and then my content will be more enjoyable and and if I do that maybe they'll be more likely to share it with other people which is how you grow I talked about this a little bit before but I think that's really how growth happens if you're an artist of any type uh, is that word of mouth you can spend all the money in the world on ads and, and other bullshit out there gimmicks but in my opinion the stuff that I've gotten into over time the stuff that has stuck with me um, a lot of it's been shared with me by other people who are very enthusiastic and wanted to share 
because they loved that thing so much. Those are the types of connections I think that really make an artist, a community, um, whatever. That's what makes stuff grow is that excitement and it's natural. And people who are excited, I think, naturally want to share that excitement with other people and get them in the mix. As long as they're not like super hipsters about it. Some people take that approach where they find something cool they like and they stifle the impulse to share it because they want it to be their little thing, which only hurts the creators. So I've, I've tried to not allow myself to ever uh, uh, sort of... Uh, dip into that kind of mindset with things that I stumble upon that I thought were cool. It's like, no, the best thing I can do for this, this artist or this uh, filmmaker or what have you is to share that with my friends and people that I think would enjoy it. So, yep. Uh, so yeah, if you're enjoying Super Divorce, the podcast or the fucking music or the videos, any aspect. Fantastic way you can help out is just by sharing. Get a buddy to come over to a live stream. I had someone watching last week when I was playing My Friendly Neighborhood, the finale. I think I streamed for several hours multiple hours that night on the finale I believe and maybe within the last 40 minutes or so one guy came in was watching and then before I knew it it's like four more people were there interacting in the chat and they all came from that one person who hung out for a little bit decided that you know oh I'm having fun here this is interesting this is a this is a fun place to be. I'm going to invite some buddies over here. And they all got in the chat. And that's cool. That's how shit grows. That's what I like to see. Um, eventually I'll have merch and, and shit like that to sling. And that'll be nice if people buy it. But what really makes me happy is seeing, seeing people who are entertained. People who are enjoying what I'm doing. That makes me enjoy this much much more seeing the comments seeing people in the chat if we're not at a million subs right now if we're not making millions of dollars a year that's okay that's okay because I see people enjoying what I'm doing and that makes it worth it really if that sounds paltry or trite uh, so be it but that's the truth Again, why would I do this if, uh, if, if I were not being sincere? I was just watching an interview with Post Malone, and he was talking about his songwriting process and the act of creation. And the way that he was talking about it, inspired me because it reminded me of how I feel about things and he was also straight up about the fact that there has been a there well there was at least a time or been times in his life where he felt almost like he was done with music like he was over it when it became stressful when it started to feel like a job to him and he wasn't doing it 
for the reason he started doing and that was because the act of creating it was was fun and exciting and then sharing that with people was cool anytime this interview where he was talking about the act of creation when he was talking about sharing music he always made sure to say that he did it for himself and his fans that's like what drives him he's like i do this you know because i love making music and also for my fans he never left that out so many people leave that out the fan part the supporters part that that crucial part arguably the most important part gets left out by so many people who i think maybe view themselves as geniuses or like they're bestowing a gift onto the world by making this song or making this movie or making this comic book or what have you the fans get left out in the cold they say things like oh well if people enjoy it great and if not then i'm doing it for myself i mean there's a certain aspect of that that you have to identify with because it might take you a while to get people interested in what you're doing and at that point before you've got people backing you up before you have an army of fans you do have to be able to push yourself to create you do have to be able to push yourself to do your own best but once people come into the mix once you get an army of fans once you've got people rallying behind you they cannot be ignored or you do so to your own detriment i guess you can ignore them but again if you do that for long enough then they'll ignore you they'll find someone else who they can support who's not going to treat them like shit it, it's kind of like a relationship you might impress someone on the first date the second date you might impress them enough wow them enough to get into a long-term relationship with you but the majority of the time if you treat them like shit for long enough they'll go elsewhere they'll find someone who's not going to do that to them and it's it's no different with uh with fans and creators there has to be a sort of a give and take even if it's just as simple as you saying thank you just acknowledging that they're there is better than ignoring them completely or saying silly things like well i don't really give a shit what the fans have to say taking this kind of hostile approach to them taking them for granted stupid it's a stupid thing to do but there are plenty of artists out there who do that and i think it's too bad and i think that uh i think that they will regret that someday they will be sorry anyhow i agree with post do it for yourself but also do it for your fans pay attention to them listen to what they're saying that's where i'm coming from speaking of plans october plans i'm trying to think of something cool to do for october i would like to bring back the kind of super scary theme you know bender and i used to do this horror movie review show called super scary those videos are still up on the youtube channel we had fun doing that you could go and watch those 
but I would like to do a super scary October and something daily to celebrate the month of October, to celebrate the creepy time. And I always loved James Rolfe's Cinemassacre uh, Monster Madness, where he would review a different horror movie every single day, um, every day of October. Every single day you go to the AVGN uh, website or to Cinemassacre's YouTube channel, and there'd be a new horror movie review. And usually there was a theme. So he might do like, you know, giant monster like kaiju movies one one month. Um, and then the next year he would do black and white films. Uh, you know, there'd usually be a theme to it. So I was thinking, what could I do? I don't want to just rip that off and do like movie reviews. Okay, I do a lot of video games here. What if I did a daily video game review, something quick, maybe like a three to five minute review every single day throughout the month of October. Uh, but I don't know what the theme would be. I'm trying to think of what a good theme would be for horror game reviews throughout the month of October. And I, of course, I'm not saying I'll do that in place of all the other stuff I have going on. I'm not replacing the gameplay videos or uh, the podcast or anything. I would say that would be an addition to. I think that would be fun. What do you think? Let me know on YouTube over in the comments. Or you can get at me on Twitter at SuperDivorce or on Instagram at SuperDivorceBand. I'm going to try and get back to using that more. Instagram's always been tough for me to try to like get into a groove with. I just don't know exactly what to share on Instagram. I don't want to do the exact same things that I share on on YouTube or on Twitter. So I don't know. If you have any ideas for that, let me know too. Also thinking about a music project for October. I'm still considering that. I've got tentative plans, but I I don't know how how full I want to load up my plate here. I don't want to get too unrealistic and I don't want to I don't want to make it so I'm I'm talking about all the shit I'm going to do and then I don't do it because I run out of time or something. But I've got an idea and I don't know if it's going to happen yet. I'll let you know if it's going to happen. But I'm putting it out there a little bit, you know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm wetting the tip. That's it right now with that idea. It could be that we have another music besides the Wii music thing that I'm working on right now that's going to go up sometime soon. I think I said I was hoping to finish that weeks ago. And then I pushed it to the side and how about Friday? How about Friday? There's no reason I can't have that done by Friday this week. So look for that. Look for the cover song to be uploaded on Friday this week. That will be, uh, what, what? let me see, what's the date going to be? Friday, August 4th. We'll have a cover song uploaded on YouTube and possibly on Spotify too. We'll see. All right, well, um, what else we got here? 
How about the games that I played since last episode? First up, I played a demo of a game called Terror at Oak Heart. One word, Oak Heart. Very much inspired by the Terrifier films. It was an interesting game. It was like a side-scrolling horror game. Just a demo. But it started off where you actually played as the killer who wakes up in his house and he's being beckoned to this boarded-up room that I'm guessing he boarded up to keep him himself out of it. Kind of like uh, how, you know, you've, you've seen certain instances of the wolf man or a werewolf guy who will lock himself inside of a room when he knows there's going to be a full moon so he won't go out and kill anyone. Well, it seems like, like this killer was at least a little bit conflicted. Teddy is his name. You wake up as Teddy. He's, he's got like a clown outfit on, but no clown face. Kind of crazy hair. And he's being beckoned down to his basement. And you go down there and there's a boarded up door that you're trying to get into because something's calling to you. Why is it boarded up in your own house? Like I said, probably because you were going to keep yourself out. But then, of course, you go and you uh, you have to solve the puzzles to unlock the door. You go inside and there's this monstrosity in there who, uh, who tells you that it needs fed. And so it's kind of like a little shop of horrors situation. But you play as a guy who's kind of dressed up like, well, he looks a lot like Art the Clown from Terrifier. And you play as him during the demo up to that point when you unlock the door, you see the monster wants you to go out and kill people. And then perspective switches and you're playing as two of the, the survivors, two people who are going to try to survive through the demo. And um, one of them does, one of them not so much. You can go and check out the demo right on the Super Divorce YouTube channel, the Oak Heart, Terror at Oak Heart demo. Watch that. It's pretty quick. But uh, I think it was, I think what you play in the demo might be like exclusive to the demo. Because for the full game description, they said you're going to play as multiple survivors across the span of an evening. And you'll kind of switch back and forth between different ones to perform certain tasks, complete certain puzzles, and you see how many you can uh, you can make it through the night with. If you lose one, that's it. Kind of like the Until Dawn scenario where you try to get all the people to survive, but maybe maybe you do, maybe you don't. And that, that impacts the, uh, the finale of the game. So I'll be looking forward to that one. I think that it's going to come out in several months. In fact, I did message the developer and asked if he had a tentative um, you know, release date. And he said he was hoping to get it out sometime in October for the Halloween season. Which would be cool. I always love seeing new horror games come out in October. And movies. Nothing stupider, in my opinion than seeing horror movies that come out like in August or at the beginning of September. It's like, don't you think if you waited just a little bit longer, you could get that Halloween bump where people want to go out, see Halloween films, 
scary shit? I don't know. I know that uh, the filmmakers don't always get to choose that. That's like studio shit, but come on. Studio heads. These experts. Same people who, uh, who ruined video game movies for so many years. You know, if the Five Nights at Freddy's movie had been made in the 1990s based on the video game series you'd be lucky to you'd be lucky to see a Freddy Fazbear you'd be lucky to see a single animatronic they probably wouldn't have them in the damn movie and they in fact they tried to do that Scott Cawthon talked about the first script that uh, had been presented to him when he signed on I guess to make a FNAF film and luckily he, I think, had ultimate say over all the creative decisions when it came to the creation of this film. That's why it's taken a long time, because he wanted to get it just right. It's his baby. But he talked about a script that was given to him where there were no animatronics. And there, there apparently was no Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Freddy Fazbear was like a stuffed animal line. And somehow, like little plushies little plushy stuffed animals so there were no animatronics in this movie in this script that he got it was just a famous like teddy ruxpin or some shit like that and then they all come to life in a big city like new york and they attack people and they take over the city like i'm imagining critters but with little freddy fazbear dolls like how fucking stupid do you have to be i'm just glad that we're it seems like we're moving past that because, wow, big surprise, uh, Hollywood's realized that if you just make the movies kind of like the games for these huge popular franchises, then all the people who love the games will go and watch the movies and they'll also tell other people to go and watch them. Uh, the movies will be reviewed well and they'll do great at the box office. I think that for so long they operated with this sense of, of hubris like oh well those video game writers they don't know what they're doing let us take your your title and a very loose connection to your games and 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 we'll make it better we'll turn it into movie fair so that moviegoers will enjoy the experience because the people who watch movies are totally different than the people who play video games video game players they don't go to the cinemas i'm glad that that mentality seems to be dying off should have died off long ago speaking of FNAF I played the FNAF Rune finale talked about FNAF Rune a little bit on the last podcast and I said uh, hopefully I'd be talking about the finale had one more session to play and I did complete it and everything I said last time still holds up great atmosphere a very different experience from the base game of security breach different different type of gameplay much more claustrophobic uh kind of funneled in one direction if you will still some secrets to discover which is neat but the pizza plex instead of being this bright shiny vibrant basically like a an entire mall sort of crossed with a fucking pizza restaurant 
with arcades and shops and a huge dining area and a stage and you can go anywhere you want to just about in a daycare it's like all this stuff bright shiny full of life in the base game in security breach in security breach rune all that stuff has just come crumbling down it's very dark it's very dingy it's claustrophobic there's some good jump scares in it um some some uh, familiar faces that have been augmented in a way characters that you ran into in the first base game that you'll see again but not in the exact same way you saw them before so there's a it's i know that security breach hadn't been out for a long time but it does have a lot of like nostalgic callbacks it feels already it feels nostalgic when you're going through and you're like oh i remember this i remember this part but wow look how different it is now you know that that's kind of cool that adds that adds to it that that creates a cool experience i think so i would highly recommend it i will just say the ending that i got was no good i did not like the ending at all I don't even really need to talk about what happens. Chances are, if you play it through on your first time, there are multiple endings, and I've not gotten all three. I think there are three. I've only gotten one. I would, I would bet with probably 99% certainty that on your first playthrough, you'll get the same ending that I got. I would say most people on their first run probably get this really stupid feels lazy to me I feel like a lazy ending a real letdown for a game that has this like building tension all throughout and then you get to the ending and it's like eh, that's it that's what you got for me for real so still i mean yeah i don't even need to say worth it it's because the only thing it costs is your time to play it if you already have security breach it's a huge, huge DLC. I mean, it's it's arguably its own game. I could have seen paying $29.99 for it. $19.99. I don't know if I would pay like a full $50, $60 for it. But definitely like a, a $29.99 game. It, yeah, no problem. So the fact that they just offered that to people who already had security breach that's it's amazing it's fantastic so if you never even played security breach itself the the base game now you've got rune on top of it man go get it today go get it now give it a shot please immediately not just on pc you can play that one on ps4 on ps5 on Xbox One and Series X. Not on the Xbox Series X yet, Rune. You can play Security Breach, the base game. Rune has not come out for the Series X yet. Keep that in mind. Okay, what else? Another finale. I talked about My Friendly Neighborhood. I was playing through that on live streams last week and got through that one on Thursday night. Finish that one up. 
that one had a let me see the ending of that one I got the bad ending I got the bad ending on my friendly neighborhood Sesame Street from hell is kind of how I referred to it environments gameplay visuals music voice acting a plus across the board it felt like a triple a title i can say that still i think i said it last week it's only solidified now my opinion on that feels like a triple a title feels better than triple a because you can tell that there's love and attention and care that gone into it and uh my big letdown with that one was not necessarily the bad ending that I got, but the fact that when I finished the game, I was like, all right, guys, because I was live streaming at the time. I was like, all right, that ending was kind of, that was kind of poopy because it gives you a choice without spoiling the whole thing. You have a choice to make at the end. And I knew that I was making the bad choice i was making the wrong choice i was not making the satisfying choice but i asked the chat i was like what do you guys want to do what should i go with i honored their choice they wanted me to to do the wrong thing and i did it i'm not blaming them i'm just saying that to let you know look i consult my chat when i live stream huh look at that i listen to people uh, it's a, it's an interactive thing you see how that works? So I asked him, what should I do? I did the wrong thing. And then go back to the main menu after the credits. I was like, all right, no problem. We're not going to end it there. I'll, I'll go back and I'll see what the, uh, what the right ending looks like. What does the good ending look like? Went to load up my game. And you know what happens? When you complete my friendly neighborhood, your... Your save file is like, it becomes a, a closed book, like case closed, game completed. Not like a separate autosave file. The file that you use for your manual saves all throughout the game. Uh, case closed automatically when you beat it. And you can't load it up again. How about that? So it took me over 10 hours to get through that game. And I went back, tried to fire it up again, tried to fire up my, my last save because you know, you, this is typical. If you've played games like this before, before the ending of the game, you find your, your save spot before the last boss fight or whatever. You hit that last save, so you know oh, if I lose the boss fight, I'm just going to go back here before the ending. And you figure if it has multiple endings, just fire up that last save, do things a little bit differently next time, see the other ending. And that's what I was going to do, only I couldn't do that because my save file was completed. Shut, case closed, cannot be accessed. Good day, sir. And so that really kind of bugged me. That pissed me off a little bit. It's like, why in the world would you do that? I don't know if that was a bug. I looked on the 
Steam discussions page to see if anyone else had, had mentioned that, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I was like, that seems like something people would be really upset by. Especially when you're dealing with a game that is that long. You're not talking about run through this game real quick in under an hour to see the, uh, the other ending. You're talking about sit down and play this again for 10 hours. Though I could probably do it quite a bit faster now that I've been through it once. But still, even if you cut it in half, all you got to do is sit down for another 5-hour playthrough... And then you can see the good ending. Like, I, that's not... With so many other games to play, and so much shit on my plate, I don't have that time. Or let me say, I don't like using that phrase. Sorry. I try really hard not to say that in my life in general. I don't have time. I'm not willing to make time for that. I'm not willing to do that. There are so many other things. So many other games. Uh music, this podcast, hanging out with my family, all this kind of stuff that I've got swirling around, things to do on the to-do list. Sit down and play a game that I just spent 10 hours on. Play that through again so I can see, uh, what, maybe a, maybe a 60-second clip that shows an alternate outcome? I'm not doing that. Hell nah! Hell nah. I'll look up a video. I'll watch someone else do that on YouTube. I have no problem with that. That's that's unreasonable in my opinion. I think that was a bad move. I, I don't understand that bit of programming at all. I mean, maybe in their minds they're thinking, well, this will be a way to make people play back through multiple times. You know, because you can find... Uh, there are cheats you can unlock and maybe think... Oh, well, they can go back through with the cheats, and it'll be a fun experience for them. Yeah, I, I understand that. But just to see the alternate ending, another 5 to 10 hours with the game you just spent that much time with? No. Sorry. Not happening. A near flawless experience up to that point. But... Flawless no more. Still worth playing. Definitely. Don't let the ending ruin it for you. The entire game itself is awesome. Just know when you get to the end, if you're conflicted, if you're like, oh, if I do that, that, that seems kind of shitty. Don't do that. Be nice. Do the nice thing so that you can see the good ending because the bad ending is not satisfying in the least it's not like you did the bad thing and then oh god look at this crazy shit that happens it's just like it's just a downer drab ugh, deflating nothing satisfying about it ending so don't do that stay away from that one next game fogbound terror that was an intriguing one you're playing as you're a woodcutter, a lumberjack of sorts, in this kind of lumberjack compound. And it's got sort of a throwback PS1 texture look to it. It's a first-person game. You're playing as a lumberjack. You're living with several other lumberjack woodcutter technicians. 
in this mysterious house out in the woods and something about the forest is off maybe the trees are coming to life people are you know people go missing it's kind of a mysterious story you have to piece the puzzle together you got to solve puzzles you got to interact with your woodcutter friends and uh, that was kind of an interesting one it maybe took me about an hour to get through no less than that I say an hour because I played it longer than I needed to it took me about a half hour to get through and I thought there was a second ending that I could unlock but I couldn't because there's only one ending so many of these horror games have multiple endings now when something like just bullshit happens I immediately think okay well there's a good ending let me go back and try and get that because I did this and this and this um, in the Fogbound Terror game there are some choices you can make and uh, there are you know some some things you can do differently on your second playthrough so that's why I was thinking oh well I'll do those things differently on my next run and uh, complete it a bit more quickly and hopefully see the second ending and I couldn't because there was only one ending but it was okay not too bad that one's on uh, on itch.io I found that one over there and then played a game last night called home alone not with Kevin McAllister it's not that game it's not the 1992 Super Nintendo or Genesis Home Alone game. And it's also not the Fears to Fathom Home Alone game, which I played a while back here on the channel. It's a new Home Alone game, which was basically like a cheap rip-off version of Fears to Fathom Home Alone. That's how I would view it. It seemed like someone's kind of starter game, maybe the first game this person ever made or, or second a lot of assets that I'd seen in other games before that you'd get in like a free asset pack for beginners for beginning game designers nothing in the game really like jumped out at me and said oh look at the cool work that the developer did on this particular thing it was like a lot of stock shit and uh, long story short you're a guy in your house at night doing some work you go to bed then there's a rap on your front door you go down look there's a drunk guy standing there you can either give him money or not it seems to have no bearing on the ending you get there are two different endings in this game you send him on his way then in the morning you wake up you head over to the local green grocer you pick yourself up a snack before work and then when you're walking back home this murder oh sorry i forgot something very important when you're cashing out at the at the green grocer the cashier says hey have you heard about this this guy he's going around killing people in this region did you hear about this and you hear about this kev uh serial killers back in the nose you say uh oh yeah or no i haven't heard of that whatever your answer doesn't really matter you can pick multiple answers doesn't really matter the guy then hands you a gun the cashier he points a gun right at you and you see the gun pointing at your face and i was like whoa and he's like here take this you better take this for protection and you take the gun with you and you got two options as you're walking home you see a guy off in the distance just some random dickhead standing in the middle of the road 
and then uh, he begins running at you, full sprint. If you shoot him repeatedly, I mean, you got to load him up. The first time, I got the bad inning because I waited until he got maybe 10 feet away, and I popped him right in his face like five times, and he still closed that gap and got me. And I was like, what the? I just shot this guy in his face multiple times and he, he still here's the crazy thing when he runs at you he doesn't have a knife in his hand he doesn't have uh, a cattle prod he doesn't have a sword or a shotgun or a hatchet he's got nothing he just runs at you and if you don't kill him in time the ending is that he jump scares you like his face takes up the entire screen it starts shaking like this and there's this like that's the wrong noise it's, it's like a scream like a lady scream as his face jumbles around the screen and that's it and then the credits roll so after i got that ending after i failed to kill him i was like well maybe you can't kill him Maybe you got to do something different. I went back to the green grocer. I did not take the gun. That's a choice you can make. I didn't take the gun from the green grocer cashier. I just took my satchel of groceries with me. And I thought, maybe it's one of these clever endings where you just have to stand there and let him run up to you. And then you'll like give him your groceries. And that'll be like the funny, haha friendly ending. Well, I stood in the road. He ran full sprint at me, and then he stopped. Unlike before, when I was shooting him, it just went from like shooting him in the face to jump scare. This time, there was this like split second where he ran up, stopped right in front of me, and just stared at me. And I was like, oh, maybe I guessed right. Maybe something is happening. And then as soon as that thought was occurring, and I got the jump scare again. And the bad ending. And it tells you that. Bad ending. Go back again. One more time. And I just started loading him up from down the street. I was like, maybe I just didn't uh, shoot him enough to kill him. And I loaded him up real good. And he takes a tumble. And when he's on the ground, I walked up and I continued shooting his ass. And that was it. And that was the good ending. And the hilarious thing was... When the game's over, it says, basically, it gives you the story. And it's like, you know, oh, well, congratulations. You survived and shot dead the killer the police have been tracking down for the last five years. And when I read that line, it just kind of struck me as hilarious because he's, like, running at you down the middle of the street. Not at 3 a.m., at, like, 6 in the morning. Shows you the time when you're walking back home from the, the green grocer. It's like 6 a.m. almost. I think it's actually a quarter till, okay? But, you know, people are starting to leave for work that early. That's not like a, that's not a, a, a sneaky killer time. And it's not like he waited for me to get into my house. That's what I thought would have happened. Oh, this guy's been on the run for five years. And he's killed all these people. He's got to have, he's got to have some sort of crazy method down here you know he's got to be a very methodical serial killer to stay on the run for that long leave this trail of bodies behind him 
But then this time, he just sees someone walking down the street and he's walking down the middle of the road and he says, ah, there's my next target. And he just runs at you and starts screaming. And I don't know what happened next. You never see a knife. You never see his hands go up to strangle you. You just, what? Does he scream you to death? Frighten you to death? I don't know. But anyway, that was Home Alone. And uh, those are the games I played since last we spoke. So I have, uh, you know, another round of games to talk about next week. I hope. And I think that just about wraps us up for now. So... Please look forward to live streams Tuesday night, Thursday night, 10.30 p.m. The Super Divorce cover song, the extra special cover song coming out this Friday. And your regular ass videos, your playthroughs, your gameplay vids, your super plays. Every day, going for every day right now. So stay tuned. If you don't get a YouTube notification, just come by the channel anyway. Let's take it back to the olden days when we weren't just waiting for these notifications all the time. Just stop by the channel. Stop by the channel, I would say, by 8 p.m. Every day I'll probably have that day's video posted. Except for live streams, obviously. That's 10.30 p.m. But if you want to see what the daily upload is, just stop by the channel at 8 p.m. And the thing will have been uploaded at that point. Do that. Don't just do that for me. Do that for any channel that you love. Stop by their channel. Don't count on YouTube to give you those notifications because they probably are not giving you all the ones you want. And we can defeat the algorithm like this. We can do this together. You know? If you haven't done so, please, and you're watching on YouTube, sub to the channel, bong the gong, hit the notifications bell just for fun, just in case something does happen and they want to give you notifications, you can do that. Like this video, comment below with questions, concerns, requests, whatever. The comment section is your oyster on YouTube, so crack it open, slam it down your throat, and wash it down with a nice, tall, frosty mug of cocktail sauce. You can find me on Twitter, at SuperDivorce, on Instagram, at SuperDivorceBand, and, as mentioned, I play music from time to time, and you can check out the tunes I do have posted right now on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, wherever you stream your horse shit, you can find SuperDivorce. Just click on the song you're choosing, try it out. If you don't like it, try another one. And another one, again and again, until you uh, you find one you do like, because I believe there's something there for everybody. That's what I believe, in my heart, that you will find a song you like if you stick with it long enough. Hopefully you like all of them from the get-go. That's about it for right now. Until next time, everyone, thank you for watching. Take real good care. Thank you uh, for listening as well. Uh, now, let me try this again. Take real good care. Keep kicking ass. Love you lots. 
Lord willing, I'll be back very soon with another video uh, for you to watch or podcast to listen to. Uh, bye bye. Goodbye. We can go viral with this 